0: hello everyone welcome to the podcast floor is rising i am sabertooth and with me is kizu i'm a professional nft collector and kizu is a professional art critic on this podcast we talk deeply about the business of creating collecting and analyzing nfts so if you are a creator or collector of nfts or you want to be jump in the water's warm Everyone, welcome to Floor is Rising. I'm Sabertooth and with me is Kizu. Today, we're going to be starting a new podcast series on generative art. The first artist we're going to be talking about is someone who's dropped very, very recently. His name is Raphael Rosendahl. His recent drop on Artblocks is Endless Nameless. And what's so special about this drop is that it was... The first drop of the Artblocks curated collection that was featured using a Dutch auction mechanism. For those of you not familiar with what Artblocks or a Dutch auction is, Artblocks, since its inception, has always done drops with a fixed price auction or a fixed price drop. Usually it's 0.1 ETH and and there's usually a gas war between all the collectors who, who want to collect it before it sells out. Because of the recent popularity of art blocks, they've decided to basically move to a Dutch auction, which means that the price starts high. In this case, it started at three ETH, which, you know, as right now is around nine thousand US dollars each block. The price drops until people are willing to buy it. And Raphael is the very first drop that was featured using this mechanic. The drop itself went a bit unusually in that, in that basically the price dropped from three years all the way down to 0.25, which was the, the price at which it just it didn't drop anymore. And then before finally selling
1: out. I was a fan of his earlier work before he started you know, making NFTs. And I, I was looking back at some early interviews with him where, you know, this is like the early 2000s, where he was considered a pioneer of what was known as net or internet art. Raphael Rosendahl, who was a Dutch artist who made websites that he actually sold off to collectors, You would buy the domain name, right, and then set up. Often they were like very simple animations, black and white often. And the collector would basically agree, sign a contract to say that, you know, they would continue to make the site publicly, publicly accessible, even though they own the work. And so if you type in the URL, you can see the name of the collector that it belongs to. And of course, in, in, in line with the ethos or the nature of a website, it's, it's, some, it's free to anyone to access and enjoy. Raphael would often say that he was a bit suspicious of any technology that tried to impose kind of like proprietary rights on what he saw as like free public internet culture. So he was very for making artworks that were accessible to everyone with an internet connection and a browser, and even though obviously collectors would, would buy the work, they would not technically own the content because it would continue to be publicly available. The example you gave in terms
0: of how Raphael was like a OG in the internet art, I think that actually fits very well with NFTs because I, I don't think he's the only example of sort of early internet art, sort of OGs coming to the NFT space. I think one of the artists that we covered our first Genesis episode, actually, John Carroll was actually one of those artists as well. And there's a lot more artists who fit that mold. And and I I think philosophically and, and politically, it's because of what sort of the blockchain slash NFT space promises. And I think a lot of people see that promise as something that is going to fulfill what the early internet promised, but ended up being unfulfilled, which is kind of this freedom of information, this kind of cyberpunk Sort of culture where sort of information wants to be free. There was a lot of excitement of this in the early internet. And obviously, you know, sort of as Web 1.0 went to Web 2.0 and the rise of the the big sort of digital giants that ended up basically making the internet sort of a gatekeeped fiefdom um, of, of various sorts, a lot of these. People sort of became disillusioned, and and now that the NFT space promises some of to deliver some of those things that that the early internet promised. What do you uh, think of the visuals of these latest drop, the endless nameless? From my perspective, it's Artblocks has had over a hundred drops so far. It's you can kind of tell based on you know prices. You know, what kind of things are sort of most visually attractive to collectors? And uh, for example, Tyler Hobbs, to mention a, an artist, like his collection uh, is is definitely of the archetype, uh, sort of visual that, that attracts sort of collectors. I would say like Raphael's is probably not the archetypal look or aesthetic that will attract collectors. But I'm interested in hearing what your view of in terms of the actual aesthetics of the of the drop itself.
1: I'm used to seeing a very different kind of work from Raphael, as long as I've known his work for far longer. And uh, if you ask me, I really enjoy the work of his that's actually very minimal. And, you know, if you look at some of the early examples of the websites they made, they were all from black and white. <laughs> They were very simply animated. If you, you move your cursor over like a, a roll of toilet paper, for example, then... PaperToilet.com. Uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good one to check out if any of you are interested to, to see what kind of works he used to make. PaperToilet.com. I think it's because ToiletPaper.com was taken. But basically it's a toilet roll that, that unrolls and rolls back on itself. You know, by by as you click over the squares of paper, right? And that's it. It, It's just, uh, it's just that. And I think there's there's a simplicity about it that you know really um, makes it stand. He's an artist that straddled both eras, so it's it's hard to say like which is more Raphael and more representative of his style. But as you're as you say, it's definitely. Not quite in the realm of what we've come to expect, or collectors have come to expect in in this domain in 2021. It's not as finely worked, And, and there's less of that pure visual variety that I think people see as the strengths of the genre. Where, you know, for example, the 500 or 1000 edition kind of justifies the term because it, you know, shows that much visual variety that's been generated by the mechanism so we don't see quite that level of i think variety and complexity in in Raphael's uh, endless name list thank you for joining me for this episode of always rising
0: if you enjoy the podcast please subscribe follow and give us a review on your favorite podcast app Remember to also follow us on Twitter at FloorIsRising. You can reach out to us, send us a question. Just send us a DM on Twitter at FloorIsRising.